Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I mean, even driving the car. Good job. on so I'm like, thank you. I'm just driving the car, you know. Renee, how's it going? Hey, Caitlin, how are you, mate? Good, uh, all good. I'm so excited that red clay court tennis is on my TV every day. It's my favorite time of year. Yes, I know. It's your favorite time. And I'm glad for you because it is, uh, it's long. Uh, so uh, there you go. Perfect for you. Perfect for me. I just wish everyone in America, we're recording this a couple of days after John Isner's loss in Madrid meant that there are no men in the top 30 from America since the days of Andre and Pete and Jim Courier and Michael Chang and all those great guys who were really... Andy Roddick. Andy Roddick. It's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. And I can't help but thinking, if we had more clay courts in America, these guys would learn how to be a little bit more uh, diverse in their skill set. Don't you think that's true? Well, I mean, I think so. You could make an argument for that. There's no question about that. But I mean, you know, they grow up in hard court. They play big hitting tennis. They they want to keep the points reasonably short. And clay is a learned thing. I think it's a little bit easier for the American women to adjust to it. Uh, I don't know why, but um, there is no question. I don't think it's got to do with clay, Caitlin. I think this is an overall problem for men's tennis in the U.S. I mean, let's face it, they're they're sucking it. And then women are doing unbelievable and they keep coming up with new, great, amazing American young female players, but the men, not so much. Not so much. Um, we have a amazing young Tunisian player on the show today. You had a chance during the Australian Open quarantine period to sit down with the one and only Ans Jabur, Tunisian first a uh, woman from the Arab world to be in the top ranks of the WTA. Um, and she ended up having an incredible run at the Australian Open. She made the quarterfinals. You know, this this young lady, I, I love her so much. She's so fun. She's so fun to watch. If you don't really know her or haven't really followed tennis over the last year or two, what are you doing? Because Anzuba is like literally one, one of the most fun players to watch. She's got the craziest drop shot in women's tennis. Like, Literally every player that plays her is like has to practice running forward to the net to anticipate the drop shot. But then she can also whack a big forehand. She can whack a big backhand. She's got a good slice. She's very versatile. She likes to come in there. It kind of suits her personality down the tee, but she's great. I spoke to her down in the Australian Open uh, just before the Australian Open. She was in severe lockdown for two weeks during this time. So it's, it's kind of ironic that we've made her sit in the vault 
for this amount of time before we re- we have released this um, this episode. But you know, sadly, she had to uh, pull out of her match last week. She's nursing a hamstring injury, so hopefully, she's going to be okay for the French Open. So, everybody out there, I mean, love this interview. Loved uh, talking to her. She's one of my very good friends out there. I just adore adore her, and I just love that she keeps creeping up that ranking um, because nobody likes to play ons because. Their hamstrings get a workout running for those droppies. I mean, as you'll hear in the episode, one of the potential uh, collaborations is, uh, I mean, I know she's coached by her husband, so she's not exactly in the coaching market, but, you know, Renee Stubbs, coach for hire. <laughs> I'm not coach for hire. I've got Sam Stozer still in my uh, wings. and um, But, uh, boy, I don't know if I can handle coaching on because the drop shot on many occasions would kind of probably drop me drive me crazy but um but but having said that oh my god she'd be so fun to watch all the time as a coach frustrating but also fun you guys Um, have too much fun she's her personality really shines through in this interview it's so fun to hear somebody who is joyous about playing that's something you can't always say about some of these players and she just truly strikes me and you can see it in the way she plays she's out there having fun and all that variety you know i've read she says she gets bored and you know sure enough you guys talk about it if she doesn't mix it up enough so Look, you're never going to be bored watching an Anz Jabur match. I can tell you that. No, absolutely not. I hope you guys will enjoy this episode as much as I did doing it. And as I said, when we did this interview, she was locked up going stir crazy in a hard quarantine in Australia for two uh, weeks. So it was impressive what she did down there. And she keeps climbing up, as I said, up the ranking. So let's fingers crossed her injury gets better and she has a great French Open. I want to introduce uh, a very good friend of mine and somebody I enjoy so much on tour. I love to watch her play. I love to commentate her and I like to be around her as a human being and as a person. And it's Ange Jobert. Welcome to the Racket Magazine uh, podcast, Ange. <laughs> Thank you. I'm really flattered. I mean, what inter- introduction here. <laughs> and uh, I actually never heard you commentating my matches, so I should. Really? Well, one of the reasons yep, for that I should. is that I'm commentating your match. So it's pretty tough to listen. Hopefully you're not listening to me while you're playing, but it's possible. No. <laughs> so Anz, I want to know, I ask everybody at the start of my podcast, uh, how did you get into tennis? Why tennis? Uh, well, I uh, started because my mom uh, wanted to like to play tennis since she was young. But after having kids, she had time and she started playing tennis and uh, I was the youngest in my uh, two brothers and one sister and she takes me with her to the tennis club and that's how like I picked up the small racket and uh, actually was enjoying a lot being uh, like around my mom playing and um, that's how I actually discovered tennis. So I mean it's kind of an interesting situation really because um, you know given from where you are in the world it's a little unusual that it's the mom the female in your family that uh, sort of led you down a path of sports is that was that unusual or give me a background there well to be honest a lot of uh, female they do sports there I think more the female they're like really have a lot of energy to do stuff <laughs> so my mom was the one uh, going to to play tennis and my father was working so it was like the combination between both and um, I mean I'm, I'm grateful that she she wanted to play tennis and I'm because before I used to like uh, go swimming and, and play tennis at the same time, but I guess I was more interested in playing tennis, which I don't regret right now, choosing tennis. And um, yeah, it was a, for me, I love competition. I love to compete either on a tennis court or outside. 
So it's either I, I want to win all the time and I have two brothers that are driving me crazy with uh, playing football with them, playing everything, you know? Yeah. It's funny. We have a very similar background because I also grew up doing a little bit of competitive swimming myself. So maybe that's a good thing for, yeah. for us. Uh, I think it's important um, to do a lot of sports when you're young. So what, what were the, some of the sports other than tennis that you were doing growing up? Uh... Uh, I played uh, football, uh, of course, and and still do because I love it. Uh, played uh, handball. I uh, I was running, but it was not my favorite. <laughs> no, it was it was too tiring. <laughs> but um, everything with the ball, I love it. So basically, that's that's everything. And uh, uh, to be honest, I'm, I don't know if you know that, but I'm a huge football. Uh, uh, you know the football, the the not the the soccer. You know it's yeah. yeah. I know the I difference. I say football because it's football. Yeah, I know the difference. I mean, I like it's to okay. say football. <laughs> I know yeah, I'm from like Australia, but I I'm an international traveler. I know the difference now. And what do you say in Australia, football or soccer? Well, in soccer, it can be a little bit of both. It can be uh, soccer in Australia, or it can also be. Some people call it football. The people that really play and really watch, they call it football. Yeah. Hey. yeah. <laughs> football. It's okay. It's okay. I mean, because the difference uh, of football in Australia is rugby and AFL. So when you say football, a lot of people understand it. Plus, we have a very multicultural country growing up here. We, we no, cool. yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, obviously, I know that you're from Tunisia. Okay. So it's not exactly yes. a mecca of tennis. Um, of course, in my day, Salima Safar was a former top 100 player in singles. But yeah. how difficult, what were the challenges in particular coming from where you came from in Northern Africa? Honestly, when I was, when I was young, I didn't like see it as a difficult you know, uh, place to play tennis. For me, I had a tennis goal that had rackets and I went to play. You know, it didn't make a lot of um, you know, differences for me. And... Um, I had I made the choice at the age of 13 years old to because I'm from Sousse, which is 140 kilometers far from Tunis, the capital, two hours driving, and I want to like live there uh, because I was in high school uh, practicing and going to school at the same time. So actually, I was practicing like twice a day. I we had balls, we had tennis rackets, we had everything, mm -hmm. and. Um, I, I used to go to play uh, Arabic championships, African championship. Was, it was amazing for me. I didn't feel the difference. Mm -hmm. Then after, you know, people talking and, and saying you should have this. Of course, we don't have the same equipment as a, as a France or Australia or USA. We don't have a big federation. Uh, we don't have a, a lot of people who were in the top 100. Um, so for me, it was one of also my goals to inspire uh, the girls who were in, uh, in Tunisia or in, the, in Africa and tell them that if I made it here, it's not impossible. I know you should have a lot of equipment. You should have a lot of uh, everything around you, but it's not the most important thing. And the most important thing is like you have to believe in yourself and then you have to work hard and, and achieve whatever, you know. And that's what I'm, I'm trying to do, to be honest. And um it started since I, I've won the juniors in uh, French Open in 2011. And that's what I started to believe even more in my dream. And I was like, yeah, this, this could work, to be honest. This could work. There's a big um, step up from like, you know, doing well in your own country and your own sort of environment. And then obviously doing well by winning the French Open juniors. That's a huge step up as well. But I want to know then 
like what was the difference in you mentally to say yeah why not because you didn't have a lot of you know uh, uh, idols like that you saw growing up I, I mean I guess I want to ask you who who was somebody that you looked up to um that you thought hey maybe I could do this well I to be I had a goal in my mind I wanted like to really like achieve my dream and be number one I don't know why but I, I had this in me um, growing up, I used to watch a lot of Andy Roddick, <laughs> and uh, I love how he he plays. I love his serve, and um, actually, I tweeted once, uh, and he replied, which was amazing. And he told me like he's following how I play, and I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> you do really?" <laughs> so, um, so it was amazing to to have this uh, feedback. But I mean, something in me was telling me that I could I could do it. And uh, the more people laughing at me, the more it gives me courage and uh, and you know a lot of the strength to go forward because I mean I've I had a, like a uh, before winning the French Open I had a, like a, a surgery in my uh, wrist, wrist and uh, yeah. of course people making fun uh, she's not gonna play him because after five months I was hitting like not in the court I was hitting really bad and um, you know this kind of a challenge is they give you the strength to go forward and 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 make like really good results and of course if you win the French Open junior let's go okay she's gonna stop there. And then after you do, uh, you go to the top hundreds, like, okay, that's her maximum. And now I'm 30 and I'm like, I'm, I'm still going, you know, guys, don't, don't even follow me, you know? Oh, you, yeah, I, I can tell you all, all the detractors, all the people that said you weren't going to be anything. You have, there, there is so much more for you to do. I mean, in my opinion, like who, who were some of the people, were they more from your country or were they just outsiders in the tennis world that were telling you, uh, you're not going to uh, be good enough? More from more from the the country i mean more i mean i don't know they sometimes they don't believe that we can do it and it's uh, which i understand because we didn't have so many people growing up doing something well but we have a lot of olympic champions we have a lot of uh, people succeeding you know but uh those are a minority to be honest there's a lot of people who encourage me and and were there for me and i'm grateful for every single person who who really like uh, supported me and I'm just really want to show and uh, take off this mentality that we can do it. We can be here. Okay, we are a small country. We are, uh, it's, it's Africa, but we can, we have, I mean, we are human beings. We don't have anything different from, from other people. Just have to work hard and believe in yourself. So, I mean, I, I looked at obviously some of your results over the last like four or five years. I really saw you, you're like a typical sort of progression up the rankings. You weren't like somebody who came onto the scene in one year and like was top 50 or had these great wins. You really slowly, you had to dig through, you had to play. You had to play 10,000, 25,000, 50,000. You got up and then you had to go back down. What, what are, yeah. What's some of the things that, you know, and, and, and it can, can, it continues to do that, right? You think, oh, I'm here. And then all of a sudden you're there and you maybe get an injury and you're back here again. What are some of the things that you could tell somebody who certainly from Tunisia or from a very obscure country, what it takes mentally before the physical part, mentally, what it takes? Well, it, well, we all know tennis is a very tough uh, sport mentally. And uh, I mean, uh, I've been pretty stable these last two years, uh, much better than the other years. But I mean, I kind of, um, I understand why. And when, since I, I got to understand why this is happening, it, it got much better. I don't have a typical uh, game, you know. I, I know how 
cannot do everything slice drop shot uh, i can hit flat i can i can spin i can do everything before and, wait wait um, wait a second before you go into that how did that happen like why like growing up like i, I talked to agnieszka radwanska about this and you know she explained to me why it happened what why how does that happen with you i mean i asked my first coach i asked him i was like how did i start doing these drop shot these tricks you know and he tells me like you started on your own i was practicing with a lot of guys when growing up and i just i think it reflects my personality as a person that i don't want to i don't want to like i hate routine i don't want to repeating things so i like to mix it up and that's what happened with my game i i love fun and i like i love to give the show to people and people come and watch me for me is like i don't know it's not just a tennis match but it's i like to have fun on the court and when I have fun on the court, I play the best because I'm relaxed. I'm not stressing out and everything, you know. And when I'm enjoying the the everyone supporting me and the like enjoying, I'm enjoying also, you know. It's the energy is is coming back and forth with 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 the public, with everybody watching me. So yeah, I've been changing and mix it up a lot. And at certain time, I didn't have the I have a choice. I don't know what to do anymore. I know how to do anything, but what what should I do in this shot? So I wasn't actually going through a good tactic. I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't uh, really sticking to the plan. But since I got to fix that, I I also improved physically. Um, I improved also mentally, and um, I got in the in a good track, knowing what I really want. That's how it started to get better. And of course, with a few injuries. Uh, from there and of course this is also related to fitness so it helped mm -hmm. me a lot when I improved my fitness and to be honest less injuries now thank god hopefully mm -hmm. I'll be good after those two weeks coming up yeah. yeah yeah so so it's a combination it's important I think for you you're such a perfect person to talk to about like if you if you have a, a kid a player you know that's like this way you would you say it's more important to understand their personality and mold their game towards their personality, but then also teach them the importance of hard work, Definitely. discipline, fitness, but don't change the things that makes them really good. But there's a balance, right? Like you can't hit a drop shot on every shot. Explain why. No, I know that. I know that. But the thing is, that's what I uh, kind of bothered me a lot during my career. Uh, I, I had coaches, they wanted to change my game. Uh, I tell you, one of the coaches told me to be like Sharapova. And I'm like, at that time, I was like, okay, sure. I mean, I'm like, and then after I realized, how can I be like Sharapova? We're not the same, like completely different. I was like, because I was joking around before the match. And that was my, my kind of uh, being and let the stress out. You know, I couldn't be like this and not talk to anybody. And I'm, I don't know, I, I, I was my personality, you know. And since then, I mean, the the i mean some coaches they didn't want me to do a lot of drop shots but instead of telling me that maybe you should uh, show me how to maybe to have a tactical uh, how to build the point and then finish with the drop shot you know mm -hmm. and understand maybe why i do a lot of drop shots you know that's sometimes why i i used to blame some some coaches you know but um, to be honest i i uh, found the solution that i should uh, really rely on myself much more and I understood, and then now I'm I'm kind of taking the the better decisions to do this the famous drop shot, you know. Yeah, I, I mean it's such I I'm so fascinated by it because um, you know obviously I played so I understand when you should hit it, maybe when you shouldn't hit it, but 
is there a time it does it come there's a couple of questions on it does it come completely at last minute or is there a plan or is it both with you uh, actually both because um, some players of course they know me so well and they know that when I'm gonna do the drop shots so they go running. right away of course they start running I, I see them and now of course in the beginning it was difficult because everybody know that I'm gonna do a drop shot but now sometimes I do drop shot in a shot that it's unexpected <laughs> that I do it so I do it you know and uh, I also mix a lot with my slice so mm-hmm. I just go like this, but you don't know if I'm going to do a draw shot or a slice, you know? Yeah. And I yeah. mix it up. And I'm also, uh, with the drop shot, I also improve my baseline game. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm more solid in defense. I, I attack much better. I'm more patient in the in the rallies. I run better. So also it adds a little bit with the touch. I mean, yeah, I can do a lot of damage, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I find it um, really interesting these days that when you look at players like Bianca Andrescu and yourself mm-hmm. and even Swiatek, and of course, prior to you guys was Agnieszka Radwanska, who was so good at it as well. I'm finding that women's tennis in particular is really starting to think, and I've seen it, I've seen girls practicing next to me, practicing the drop shot, okay? So do you feel like... Um, with the success of Swatek and of course uh, Bianca and yourself, do you feel like it's a shot that we will really see a lot of? And and why is it so successful? Well, honestly, yeah, it, it helps a lot because I know uh, if I play against one of the players who play like me and makes me a drop shot, I know it's going to drive me insane because like, you never know. I mean, you're going to run everywhere. They can change the rhythm. They can do this. They can do that. And also, I noticed that a lot of girls, they go into the volley right now. Uh, they change it up and playing more doubles and go into the volley to improve the volley and mix it up a little bit. And of course, if you do if you do a drop shot, uh, you're going to need your volley. You're going to need to be... <laughs> I know, it's. Uh, I think it's another option, you know. It's, it's not something you're going to rely on your game, but it's definitely a great option for the, for the game. Now, okay, so away from the tennis a little bit, um, you got named... Arab Woman of the Year in 2019. <laughs> I mean, excuse me. Um, yeah. <laughs> I want to know who are the people that normally win that? They, this That was uh, in London, I remember, in 2019. And they gave to each woman successful in different, uh, like it, it was me in sports, some it was in politics. Uh, so different like uh, um like levels and stuff so i know that some other athletes won it uh olympic athletes uh i know the tunisian one won it also before uh they gave to actresses so i don't know who made this but it was incredible to be honest i didn't know that it was gonna go like whoa everybody was gonna talk about it but it was fun for me going uh two days to london and enjoy myself there so it was it was very <laughs> nice yeah that's uh, I, I read that little bit i don't do a ton of research because i know you guys so we well, make we thought- make we make a big deal about Arab women, trust me. I mean, I don't know why, but we make a big deal about it. How is it for you at home now? Because you are from a pretty small area uh, in Tunisia. Obviously, you moved to Tunisia, so it's a, it's bigger. But what's it like for you to go home to, you know, your small town? Well, I mean, people recognize me much better now. Uh, they knew the name before, but now they recognize more the face. And I'm honestly uh, happy and proud that every time I speak, imagine I go to do anything and people like 
good job. I mean, even driving the car, good job. Oh, so I was like, thank you. I'm just driving the car, you know. <laughs> and they're like people cheering actually for me, which is amazing because uh, I don't know how to tell you, but it's it's a feeling that um, I felt especially last year in Dubai and Doha and I was playing and I saw all Tunisian come on to support me. I mean, wow. Even like some players, I was playing uh, Vitova the next day and she told me, so I heard you have a crowd, huh? <laughs> I'm like... Yeah, but I'm sorry, you know, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> They're gonna be loud, but you know, it's 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 it was fun. It was so much fun. Is it I mean, does it mean like so much to you because at some point your career will end and do you have aspirations to like get more young women who can now look Definitely. at you and be like, why not? Have you thought about like an academy or even just setting up something or what's what's the future you're still so young and as I said I mean my my thought is you are for sure top 10 material so I know that there's so many things that you're going to do in your career but what about that oh, that's part for of it? sure yeah that's for sure no I think I think about those things I think about of uh, of having my own academy in my own country and uh, I definitely want to inspire a lot of uh, women and men uh, both and I want to also inspire a whole continent, Africa. Uh, to be honest, I want to have a big academy. I want to I wanna set up a program. To, and honestly, it's I'm not doing this for the money. I do it to have so many girls in the top 100, top 20, top 10. And I know that. I know I can do that. And um, Fionn, you can come and help me as a coach. <laughs> hey, I was going to say, I've never been to Africa. It's one continent and oh, one you place should. I've no never way. been. Okay. No so way. I'm no, happy no, to no. come. Now you have to come. I will teach no, you have slice after COVID. backhand. After COVID. We'll wait. I, keep, I teach no, slice backhand, serve and volleys. That's, that's my specialty. Okay. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Perfect. For sure, for sure. Okay, open invitation. Oh, I have it on record. It's um, open, yes. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the difficulties of uh, Australian Open, the qualify, uh, the quarantine situation. Um, yeah. Just a little bit of um, the mindset for you now, going into two weeks of being in the room, and and how you approach dealing with something like this, and how important it is. Is it more mental, or is it physical, or is it both for you 
I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. It was it was very tough. Uh, yeah. Shocking, to be honest. When I heard yeah. about the news, I wasn't mm. expecting it at all. Uh, I didn't think that we could really quarantine two weeks in a room, knowing that we're gonna play a tournament just after. I, I don't mind quarantining. We've been we've been like respecting the rules uh, if everywhere in any other country. I understand uh, the difficulties for uh, for Australian people, how they reacted when we came here. Of course, they're COVID-free here and we come from outside. But um, some of, and a lot of players, I myself was in the bubble in, in, uh, in Abu Dhabi. So I mm-hmm. came from a bubble directly to a bubble. And I was yeah. like, no, really not going out. And it's, I mean, COVID is everywhere. And, and I understand the situations. Just sometimes it's tough to accept when you have a tournament just after. And as a professional athlete, I want to be 100% ready. Uh, also seeing other players practicing, it doesn't make it yeah. fair. Yeah. So also makes it even hard. But I mean, at the end of the day, you have to accept the situation because we, I honestly don't have any control over it. And I respect 100% the rules. I want everybody's safety. And uh, we come up with the fun uh, exercises in the room. Uh, we've been running 5Ks in the room. And uh, we have a bike now. Uh, we, we're we trying to do a lot of, uh, you know, exercises. I'm trying to, to keep fit. Uh, uh, like uh, working on my mental a lot. Uh, like... Um, uh, like just um, seeing myself playing so I don't lose that in my mind and I heard there is some researches uh, when you do when you do that it's the same as practicing so yeah. I'm using everything I, I can to do and I have pretty good imagination so trust me when I close my eyes I can really see myself doing the drop shots <laughs> <laughs> well I can tell you we did have Bianca Andrescu on the Racket Magazine podcast and she talked specifically about that when she was injured during that period of time and uh, one one thing she wrote down was, I will win the Canadian Open. And remember, she didn't play from Indian Wells to Canada. I know, I know. So I expect you, after this is over, to write on a piece of paper, I am going to um, win. I'm imagining myself lifting, lifting the, the trophy. That's and right. And giving this speech. Yeah, and that's right. And I expect <laughs> you to tell everybody in the whole world, it's because you told me this. Okay, that's, that's what Listen, I expect. I believe, I believe a lot in energy. I believe a lot in the spiritual world. I believe that everything happened, you should manifest it. I believe that you should ask the universe for everything. So uh, I believe in all these things. And I believe that um, this, is, this is how it's meant to be. Uh, I was meant to be to stay in the room for two weeks. I believe that if something bad happened to you, I know there is something good is gonna happen. So I am. I have a big faith in in God, in everything is happening around us, in myself, because I know that I'm capable of. So okay, maybe I was like a little bit upset at the beginning, but I mean, what can you do? I'm a professional athlete, yeah. and I want the best, you know. So yeah. now I mean, really, I'm gonna focus. Thank God, I'm here, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, everybody stays safe. To be honest, because this this COVID, I everybody hates this COVID, and hope this thing will be over very soon. You have a great. Uh, I like the way you're thinking right now. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's good. And 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 if we do play this after the Australian Open and you win the tournament, we can tell everybody it was because you said it here. Um, yes. A couple of last little things. I want to go back to the Australian Open last year because it's usually such mm-hmm. a great place for you. It was, of course, the first yes. time an Arab woman <laughs> ever made the quarterfinals of a Grand Slam. And not only did you make the quarters last year, I, I mean, I had to look because I forgot the schedule, but you beat Joe Conta, 
you beat yeah. Garcia, and you beat Wozniacki and Wang Xiong. I mean, excuse me, like, could you have had a harder draw to make the quarterfinals? And of course, you ended up losing to the defending, uh, you know, yeah. our now yeah. defending champion in Sophia Kennan. Couple things about that oh. tournament. Wozniacki, it was, well. can you, because it was also her last match, and can we just say, boy, did she pick a great time to retire? <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. She did. Sec second of all, I think she knew it. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, hello. But what what was it like for you going on the court? Because you knew that that was it, right? If you won, that was her last match. Can you give us a little like feeling of how that felt for you? Because I know you're such a nice person, and I knew that you were. There was a part of you that still was thinking that. Um, let me tell you. Since I was talking about manifesting things, um, I. Of course, when I was training, I saw that she's, she was going to retire and it was in December or maybe before she was mm -hmm. going to retire in Australian Open. And I was like, I had this feeling that I was going to play her and I was the one who's going to play her, you know? And I'm like, okay, I'm stop being crazy. And I was like, I went back to practice. Okay, I was seeing the draw. She was on my side. I remember she was playing uh, Christian Hahn in uh, the first round and we may see each other, you know? But I was like I kept playing you know just like normal um I played uh I played her before in Indianapolis. I remember it was a marathon match she likes to run a lot she and I obviously like to make a drop shot and she she gets them all <laughs> and um of course that time when I went to uh to play the match I was like okay just don't see it as a retirement match just see it as a normal match tennis match it's it's a grand slam I don't know it's tough and these things happen and but it was my Honestly, my pleasure to to play her that day. Everybody I know was supporting her, but it, it was a great atmosphere. Uh, only regret one thing, not exchanging rackets with her. I don't know what I was thinking back then, but I was like super stressed. And uh, um, she's a very nice person. And uh, to be honest, it was, a, it was a great experience for me. Uh, probably most of the people hate me, but I mean, that's, that's tennis. <laughs> oh, come on, Ons. Nobody could hate you. Wait, before I want to say, did you manifest? That you were going to play her and that you were going to be the I one did. to beat her. I thought and, about it. And that, I thought but, about it. But that you were going to be the one that was going to send her off into happy retirement. I I thought about it, to be honest. That's how I thought about it. I was like, I was like, and when I saw she was going to retire, I was like, God, am I the one who's going to stop her career right here, right now? And then, and, and it, it did happen. And when I was going to play, play her, I was like, okay, this is really happening. <laughs> You should have told everybody, well, you know, just so you know, I manifested this like three months and ago gonna and I'm definitely I'm crazy. winning. <laughs> That's such a cool story. I love it. Now, listen, if I can, I can if we, we can figure this out and you figure out which racket it was that you beat it with, maybe we can figure out an exchange of the rackets. Yeah, but if, if she sees this, I want, I want your racket. I mean, I, I still have the racket that I played with. That's so. what I mean. Maybe we can work out something. Yeah, I'll, I have it. We'll, I have it. No worries. Let's text her and figure it out after we're done. Um, so you get through that match. It's obviously a big deal. Everyone's talking about you, about, you know, beating Caroline. But also then you went into play Sophie. So no, what did you look? What did Wong. you? Uh, oh, yeah, Wong. After Jung, it sorry. was Wong, yeah. And then it you was won. It was supposed to be Serena, to be honest. Well, <laughs> but we all know you got to play was. the match first, right? And she yes. lost to Serena. Um, yeah, that's yes. right. Because everyone was talking about it's going to be Serena and Wozniacki, but it didn't happen. Yes. On both no. occasions. Um, yes. What What did you learn from the match with um, Sophia? Well, 
Sofia is a, is a tough player because to win a point against her, you really, really, really need to work hard. And it's every point. And um, I know she it was a tough match for her as well because I kind of heard her talking to her mom just after or something <laughs> and saying that it was a very, very tough match. And uh, uh, I know it was a lot of uh, stress. It's my first quarterfinal. Uh, I was maybe a little bit tired, uh, I guess. But... Um, I mean, she was much better than me that match. I I admit it, uh, and uh, there is no no really no regrets. I know that I'm gonna come back stronger and I'm gonna take my revenge one of these days. Um, I know that I have to believe more in myself in my game because I know I can really play really good. I just have to maintain that level, and um, I know it's all in this head. And um, hopefully, it's gonna be uh, this head was gonna be fixed soon and uh, <laughs> play better on the court. You had a great year, though, after that. I mean, you had some really phenomenal wins. Of course, you beat Pliskova. It's been your best uh, win as far as ranking is concerned. Um, I guess the next step is, obviously, you want to be top 10. You'd lo- t- Tell me how important it is for someone like Kennan, um, Swantec, to win a French Open. Does that give players like you who are sort of like, oh, I just I want to win a Grand Slam, but I'm not sure. Does that give you that, uh, that, that feeling of like... I manifested also. Did you manifest both of them winning or you manifested that you're going to win a grand slam? My winning, mine. (laughs) Great. I know know I'm going to do it. I know I'm going to have that title that I always wanted in my life. And um, Which one? Which one? I mean, let's be honest. Come on, which one? uh, I love the French (laughs) and I love Australia. So uh, since it's uh, in uh, in two weeks, Australian Open or, or more, three weeks, then I'm going to say Australia for now. I'm starting <laughs> the process. That was a really smart answer there, you know. <laughs> and then the next one happens yeah, to yeah, be I mean, the French Open. Well, really? <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> hey, maybe you can win both. Let's manifest that. Well, I think you're... Yeah. Um, your ability and of course your husband uh you know he's like working you hard and uh i'm sure that hasn't been easy at times that he's the one that has to make you run the extra you know couple of miles does that put a little bit of stress on the relationship uh, at the beginning yes but now we <laughs> we uh we are good we uh we actually understand each other a lot and uh, he's been helping me and since actually i started with him i'm, I'm, I'm my best ranking and my best tennis and I'm grateful that I uh, I chose him. I mean, it's uh, it's unbelievable uh, balance for both of us. Because um, you know, as a tennis player, it's tough to to always travel. It's a lonely life. <laughs> yeah. And you know how how tough it is to go from uh, each uh, country, and you don't have a home. So to be able for him to to uh, to travel with me and also be my fitness coach, that's that's amazing. And to be honest, surviving those two weeks with him next to me is also amazing. Um, has he got you to do some fencing? Because, of course, he was a competitive fencer. So ha- have you tried that? We did once. I tried uh, just after we got married. And uh, Wait, after I say you got I married? Won, you know, but, yeah, just after. <laughs> it was a honeymoon gift. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you, were you able to get him? And, and actually, I've always thought fencing would, is a great thing to for tennis because it really does take a lot of footwork and up and back and you know like having good reaction exactly the reaction is amazing i mean uh, to be able to move uh, like a small space and uh, try to like uh, really get the other player it's 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 a tough sport really 
Yeah. I uh, I think it's probably best that you guys put the fencing, uh, the joust. What is it? What is it called? What's that thing called? The sword? No, the thing? That is, yeah. yeah. I don't know. What's it called? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Is he there? Is your husband there? Can you ask him what that is? is? What is it? A sword? Or is it a... It's not a sieve. Sword? A sieve. Because there is a, uh, three different things. There is a, a foil, saber, Oh, the saber. Ah, the epi. Yeah. That's so it. there okay. is two different because each they touch and it's different because you're allowed to touch uh, like uh, the body. Some are in the back and the body. So different part of bodies. Uh, I really didn't get the rules and he didn't want to explain to me. So <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll I have to get tennis rules. Maybe we'll get like, uh, <laughs> maybe one day we'll dress you up as one and we'll, we'll we see should. how good you are. Well, don't yeah. think we're not going to do yeah, it. After you win the strain open, we're going to get you out and we're going to get you a, a, a saber, a jousting Done. thing. Hmm. Anyway. Done. Um, a, he, he does foil. He does foil. Okay. Yeah. So mm. we have to get in his, uh, you know. Does he travel with his foils? No. No, I travel with my rackets. The only <laughs> the only foils I use on uh, from my hair, my gray hair. You know, put the foil in the hair and paint it. Oh, you don't have. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Um, well, listen, I want to thank you um, for joining me. I know you don't have that much to do right now because it's too a busy, long, too busy, a long day. Too busy with Netflix. <laughs> I hope you're. I hope you're watching a lot of Netflix. Um, you're watching a lot of like, you know, really good documentaries on like great champions. And, and I know that you're going to get through it. And um, I'm setting I, my mind. Exactly. Um, but I want to thank you. I know. And I really want everyone out there to, that uh, knows tennis, obviously knows you. And the ones that are sort of not really familiar with you, I want them to know how great you are as a person and how fun you are. And we're so happy that you're in our sport because you make, you make Thank tennis you. so fun and it's uh, it's a joy to commentate. It's a joy to watch. I, I've i never coached against you. So when that happens, it's not going to be fun because don't, I don't know. Don't manifest it. <laughs> uh, I, exactly. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. You're going to play Sam Stoja in the first round. No, that's not going to happen. Oh, no. No. No, 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 no. That's no, not let's... good for me and uh, all the Australians going to be against me. No, no, no. No, let's erase that. Let's erase that. No, no, no. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Now, wait. Hold on a second. What's your ranking right now? 30? Is this the top highest you've ever 30. been? Congratulations, yes. my friend. 30, Thank 20, you. Thank you. 10, one let's manifest it for you my friend let's go okay, <laughs> okay. thank you for joining me i'll see you on the outside my friend i'll see you yes. on the outside see you okay some good luck air. yeah exactly thanks buddy <laughs> and that's it for this episode of the racket magazine podcast thanks for listening our host is renee stubbs our co-host and producer is me caitlin thompson music by internationally renowned dj stretch armstrong Thanks to Tim Rogerian and the team at Acast. Find us at racketmag.com slash podcast and subscribe to us at any of your favorite podcatchers.